Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hello, gentle listener. Michael Kist here again with a quick note about today's show. What you're going to be hearing today is part two, aka the second half of BGN Radio 126 with Jimmy Kemsky and Brandon Lee Gowton covering the Dallas Cowboys as part of Kemsky's annual Dumpster Fire series. As explained on the front end of part one, the reason for the split is due to some technical issues on my end. Again, I apologize for the cold open and any awkward breaks. Thank you for bearing with us on this, and we appreciate the support, as always. All right, with that out of the way, I'll get out of the way. Coming up at BGN Radio 126, Part 2, and here we go. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Back here on BGN Radio, where we're going over the dumpster fire series that Jimmy has up at Philly Voice, and we're talking about the team that you've all been waiting for, the Dallas Cowboys. Where do we start here, Jimmy? That This was the most fun one to do, like I mentioned before, because it's more fun taking down a team that actually has some talent. But uh, I started with the Cowboys with just the every, it's, there, it's just not an NFL offseason without some delusional Cowboys hype. And then, as I mentioned in the piece, like, it always ends with some shot of Jerry Jones, you know, mad in the uh, in the owner's box. So I actually went back and I found uh, as many as I could of like the moment the, the Cowboys season was over. And of the last eight years, they actually captured uh, Jerry Jones in the owner's box five of those times. Oddly, the three times they didn't was when they were in the playoffs. I guess they just kept it to the action on the field because there's, you know, it's you know, it's crazy. It's like I mentioned, like it's I, I was looking for the moment where like their season was over. Uh, so they only really showed him during the regular season games uh, of those. But uh, every year they, they, they always seem to have like a, a few games where they just kind of implode. I think their most fun loss last year was Buffalo on Thanksgiving. Yes. Would you agree with that? That one and the Bears one, though, too. That was good, too. Just because yeah, like, Mitchell prime Trubisky time. was yep. getting hot against them. And the Vikings one, too. Do you remember that game where I think the big moment in that or the big thing that they got criticized for after that game was the Vikings punted. And uh, oh, who's the returner? The kid from that went to college at West Virginia. Anyway, their punt returner, uh, he had like all kinds of room in front of him. And like when you saw like the all 22, like the end zone version, I, like he might have scored. Like there was just this huge lane down the sideline. But I guess they told him before the punt, no matter what happens, call a fair catch. <laughs> so he did. And uh, they like they lost out on a lot of yardage on that on that punt. And I forget exactly what happened on the outcome of that game. But they like if he had just returned that punt, they they and like gotten like good yardage on that punt, as it was clear he would have, then they probably would have won that game. What the hell so what's your name? point here? So anyway, like I said, they just kind of like every year – they have these crushing losses. Yeah, but Jason Garrett is gone now, Jimmy. All of it is solved. <laughs> Everything is solved in Cowboys land. They have Mike McCarthy now. It's the most overhyped team in sports. Would you agree with that? Like, is there a basketball team that's more hyped than them? Overhyped, overhyped than them? Like, undeserving of the hype? I think it's it's fair to say they are. Tavon Austin. Oh. How do I oh, okay. think of that? 
Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say on this note, though, is, and I have, I'm working on this for Bleeding Green Nation, a little spoiler alert post about this. The, the headlines at Blogging the Boys, I just, I love them. Like every, just go to their website at any given moment, and it's just like, Cowboys looking like the best team in the NFL. It's just like every article has some kind of like theme of like that. And it's, and it is amazing to speak to your point here, Jimmy, of like, this is every offseason. I feel like every single offseason, I see these same headlines. And what does it amount to in the end? Like, <laughs> mostly nothing. Like an NFC East title at most, not nothing meaningful in the playoffs. <laughs> if you go on there right now, the, the, the uh, top article is, Pro Football Focus created Dak Prescott as a top five quarterback in 2019 when playing against playoff teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, they are very, I mean, I guess that's kind of the nature of the, uh, you know, the SB Nation umbrella and that, you know, they're all, or, I, don't, I don't know if they're, they're still, I don't know if they're still that way, but I know that like when I ran it and mm-hmm. before I ran it, when Jason Brewer ran it for years and years, it was sort of known as like, you know, the, these, they were kind of known as like fan sites. It's a fan perspective, I think is the point. Yeah, okay, that, that's that's probably the way to, to look at it, yeah. And I, so I get it's going to be, you know, favorable. So I, I, I'm not saying it should be totally, but, but like, even still, even with that said, like, you don't go to Bleeding Green Nation and see just this all the time, where it's <laughs> Right. Like, like, I'm I'm critical of the Eagles. I think a, a lot of people... Yeah, I think you're more critical of the Eagles than almost any other <laughs> regular beat writer that covers the team. Well, there you go. I think I, I got a ton of crap this offseason for being too critical. So I don't want to hear, you know, that like BGN is just a, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but like just to compare, like I think they could afford, and I think there are times when they should be more critical of the Cowboys. I think the this is the sad part. Like the Cowboys website, and I'm not trying to roast blogging the boys because they do a really good job. I have a lot of respect for RJ and Dave Halperin. A lot of those guys over there, they do good work. Um, even if I think it's silly, some of the stuff, like the hype it gets usually like, you know, they, they put the effort in the time. It's a, it's a good site. It's, it's the best site probably for Cowboys news and everything. I'm not like ragging on the quality of their site. I just think it's funny in general, the Cowboys fan attitude. I think they encapsulate it well. Like just they're just delusional. I, I really believe they are like the most delusional fan base. And again, you can say that's me being a homer or whatever, or just having an Eagles perspective, but I just feel like them more than any other SB Nation side I see every offseason is just consistently convinced like <laughs> this is the year we're the best team blah 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 and it, it never amounts to anything I mean if you if you do look at it like so Vegas and Vegas always skews on giving the Cowboys unfriendly betting odds in that like the odds aren't like if you're if you're betting on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl this time of year you're a sucker because mm-hmm. they understand that the Cowboys are very heavily followed like they they do have probably more fans and not, not probably they do have more fans than any other team in the NFL. So only, f- I guess the site that I saw only five teams had, have, have better odds to win the Super Bowl, And I think other odds have like, have them fifth, meaning only four teams have better odds for, you know, than them to win the Super Bowl. So Vegas and like <laughs> other, other outlets kind of feed into that as well. But, it, and, and every year, every year it happens every year. People think that this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Or it's the, like you mentioned, it's their year, and then it just never happens. And you look at this team specifically. So like, they are able to draft CD Lamb. CD Lamb falls to them at more. Are they picking seventeen. So he mm-hmm. falls all the way to Dallas. I don't know how that happens. Like I thought he was easily the best receiver in this class. Maybe not easily, but yeah, I thought he was the best receiver in this class. But he winds up being what like is he the fourth receiver taken? Rager was fourth. I'm pretty sure. Did another one go before him? No, I guess not. So anyway, he he goes he goes way for, way later than than anyone I thought than anyone that I think 
you know, would have would have envisioned going 17th. So Cowboys, in my opinion, 100% got a steal. Like that is a slam dunk pick for them. Like it yeah. wasn't even like they didn't need a receiver that badly, obviously, with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Like that's a that's already a very good one two receiver tandem. But after they got CD Lamb, the whole sort of uh, outlook that people had on that team just boom changed in an instant. And it's crazy to me because when you look at like their gains and their losses over the course of the offseason, like they lost a lot of good players. First of all, Travis Frederick retires because he had that, you know, that rare disease. He came back last year, kind of wasn't the same player that he that he's been before. But still, like he was uh he was one of the best centers in the NFL for a long I mean, I guess he only played like six years or whatever, but uh he's you know one of the, he's still one of the best centers in the NFL. He retires. They lose Randall Cobb in free agency. No big deal on that one because he gets replaced by C.D. Lamb. But then on defense, they lose by far their best defensive back in Byron Jones. They lose Robert Quinn, who was you know, not. Just, I don't think he was just their most productive pass rusher last year. Like I think he was clearly a lot better, like a better player than Demarcus Lawrence was last year. Like he was legitimately really good. Like when I was looking through, like. The Andre Dillard tape earlier this offseason, like Quinn was really impressive going yeah. up against him. And, you know, just at, at other points during the season, I was impressed with the way, like, heading into the season last year, I thought, you know, all right, like, I guess he makes sense. It's like kind of like a, like, you know, a take a flyer on this guy kind of signing. He wildly uh, exceeded the expectations that I have for him. Like, he was really good. They lose him to the Bears. And then, like, oddly, they lose Malik Collins, who is coming off his rookie contract, and he signs a contract with the Raiders that's less than what the Cowboys paid for Gerald McCoy, who's now 32 years old, clearly in decline. Like his numbers haven't been anywhere near as good as they were earlier in his career. So I don't like. So I think they you just take the draft out of it. Like every team got better in the draft, of course. Like it's free players. But you just look at like what they did otherwise, and they clearly got worse as a roster. Yeah, is that, uh, is that yeah? I I mean, and they went eight and eight last year. So yeah. like, did, did, did you really you went eight you went eight and eight you know last year? I, granted, you lose a lot of like close games, I guess. So we talked earlier about how the Giants mm-hmm. that one year where they went eleven and five, like they lost a lot of close games, and you can kind of see that that was going to even out the following year. So you know maybe. You project the Cowboys to have another win or two or whatever than they had the year before because of all those close games or whatever. But they got worse as a roster. Like, I don't know where people are, like, looking at this roster and saying this is a better team than they were last year. I think the draft, obviously, is coloring people's minds. Um, admittedly, me with that. I think when I when it comes to, like, people talking about their defense, I kind of don't care. Like, because their offense still looks pretty good to me. Oh, their offense has a chance to be great. Yeah, which like that matters more to me. So I don't really care that their defense took like a step back. Like that doesn't matter to me if their offense is still going to be top notch. Like that like that doesn't okay, their defense is worse. So what? They're still going to be able to win shootouts, I feel like, because of the offense that they have. You know, when you look back at last year's schedule though, and you're talking about these close games. Well, here's a thing by the way. The Cowboys had a lot of luck in those games prior to last season. So they were due for some regression in that area because they had been getting lucky in those one-score games. I know blogging the boys and all these Cowboys fans want to talk about how like clutch Dak is and they they point to like, you know, these these fourth quarter uh drive stats or whatever, but like not really considering a lot of that is luck, you know, when it comes down to it in these one-score games. 
and they were, you know, again, due to kind of regress in that area. When you look back at their 2019 schedule, though, and this is what I guess it kind of comes down to me with the Cowboys, like they, you know, against those better teams, you know, they didn't quite look up to par, you know, like they, they were beaten up on these really bad teams. You know, you look, they started the year against like the Giants with Eli starting, Washington, Case Keenum starting, and then, uh, the Dolphins, you know, the right. Dolphins when, like, when the Dolphins were like by yeah. far the worst team in the league. Yeah. Yeah. They were getting blown out. Um, I think Josh Rosen was like starting that game. Yeah. But then, you know, you look later in the year, they're playing some of these better teams like the Patriots and the Saints. And then even the Vikings made the playoffs. Um, the Packers, like they're not beating these better teams here. They beat the Rams um, late in the season, but I think the Rams are frauds anyway. And they, you know, they had, and they lost to the Bills who made the playoffs. They lost to the Bears, Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I don't know. Like this doesn't seem like just bad luck. I think they like they were they were just I know the metrics say they were better than they should have been last season, but I also think like some of that point point differential stuff is they 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 killed bad teams, sure, but then they they didn't look like they belonged with with right. good teams. And I think there's that's there's something to that. Like I don't think that's just a matter of bad luck there. And specifically when it comes to Dak Prescott, Jimmy. I've always been something of a Dak skeptic. Am I too hard on him? Probably, but Here's where it comes down to me, and specifically with the contract uh, negotiation, too, and, and why I feel validated in my stance, even though he's coming off a good season, although, again, he wasn't as good, I feel like, against some good teams last year. If Dak was as good as people made him out to be, this contract negotiation wouldn't be taking this long. There's a reason the Cowboys are hesitant to pay him, and it's because they know, just like you and I know, that he's a player you win with, and you not and not because you, you win because of him. Yeah, okay. Is that a fair assessment? I think that's fair, yeah. He's Alex Smith to me. He's I, a borderline like it, top ten. He's like borderline top ten for me. I think he's Alex Smith. I think he's that okay. kind of player. I think, and that's not a put down in the sense like I never thought Alex Smith was terrible. And you even look at his most. No, recent, I, I liked I liked Alex Smith. You, I think you, that's a, I think that's a fair comp. You look at his most recent stint with Washington before he got hurt. Like Washington was like what they were like six and three. Like they had a winning record. Like they, they were winning, winning the division. Him. I believe. Yeah, they at the they, time. They, yeah. they weren't like you know a juggernaut. You're not scared of it. But, like, you know, he, he's going to manage the game. He's not going to make a critical mistake every game. I would give Dak that. Like, he's not going to, you know, like, Romo it or, you know, kind of snowball and be a disaster. But And he's going to keep you in games. But I feel like he's also just had it so easy. Like, when it, so that's something that drives me nuts when it, you come to the Dak and Wentz comparisons because the situations have not been the same at all. Like, Carson Wentz has had to deal with arguably the worst wide receiving core in the NFL for two out of his four seasons. Has Dak Prescott had to deal with that? No, he hasn't. Did Dak Prescott have to deal with like missing Lane Johnson in his rookie season? No, he didn't. And that rookie season, by the way, is like a big thing that um, kind of like skews, I feel like, the stats. I feel like it's more relevant to look at the last three years of the Dak Wentz comparison because the, the rookie season just wasn't even fair. I mean, like Carson Wentz is like playing with non-NFL players. He's, he's literally playing with like DGB and Josh <laughs> Huff and uh, Bryce Treggs as like his top. Like it's just like a joke. And then last year, <laughs> yeah. you look at the Eagles were down to last year, Greg Ward and Josh Perkins, Deontay Burnett, Rob Davis. Like this is a this is pathetic. Like to compare <laughs> these guys, like to say they've had equal playing fields is like a total, it's a farce. It's a total joke. And I think Dak is a guy that I'm just really not scared of. And I think the Eagles have done pretty well against him, even though, like, I know you look at his record against the Eagles as good. But, like, when you look at look at his actual, like, performance in those games, I mean, I always go back to he threw what should have been, like, a game-losing pick to Leotis McKelvin in 2016. And McKelvin just drops it. 
And then, of course, the Cowboys win the coin toss in overtime. The Eagles don't even get to – like, Wentz doesn't even get to possess the ball in overtime because the Cowboys just get lucky and win. And then same thing in 2018 when that – the whole joke of a no-clear recovery game. Like, <laughs> like everyone was like, oh, yeah, the, the Cowboys won that game because of Dak. The Eagles were in that game because of Dak. The Cowboys should have smoked the Eagles in that game. They were yeah. only in that game because Dak was screwing up a lot. And, you know, again, the Cowboys won the coin toss in overtime, so they got lucky even though – uh, and this is actually, I think, a quick aside here, why the Eagles pr- proposed that rule this offseason that ultimately they withdrew that, like, the team that scores more touchdowns in regulation should get the ball in overtime first. Uh-huh. Um, I know that. So sometimes it's just going to be the same amount because the same points. But the Eagles actually scored more touchdowns in that game than the Cowboys did. So they would have gotten it first, but they didn't because, again, <laughs> they just got unlucky. So, uh, yeah, so I think some of that is skewed when you look at the Dak Wentz stuff. And I just think when it comes down to it, like, are you really scared of Dak Prescott in the playoffs? I mean, maybe you can say you're not scared of Carson Wentz because he can't even, you know, stay he hasn't stayed healthy. But I, I don't think Dak is like elevating that team. I don't think like he's he's getting you over the top. I think everything has to be going well around him, and then he can excel. But if not, and and if if, Car- if Dak Prescott had to deal with the situation that Carson Wentz had to deal with late last year, where he's thrown to these practice squad, you know, nobodies, like does he really thrive in that same situation? I don't think he does. Exaggerations and half truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. Well, last year, so you talk about like, that was a hell of a rant, by the way. Thank you. You talk about like, you know, late game stuff. You mentioned like some of the games that they lost last year. So they lost four of their last six games. The only reason the Eagles won the division was because the Cowboys choked on the stretch. I mean, let's just be honest. So just starting off, like the first game of the, you know, that last six game stretch, they lose to New England 13 to nine. So they put up nine points against the Patriots. They put up 15 points against Buffalo on Thanksgiving. They lost that game, obviously. Okay. They put up 24 against the Bears. They lose that game. They, they, you know, they kind of put it on the Rams uh, week 15. And then obviously, as we all saw in Philly in the quote-unquote NFC's championship game, they put up nine points. They didn't score. Like, they didn't get they didn't get in the end zone. They, they, they kicked three field goals in that game. And Dak was, like, flat-out bad in that game. Flat-out bad. And they lost that game as pretty much, in my opinion, because Dak Prescott missed a bunch of open receivers. And then, you know, week 17, they played Washington, completely meaningless game, and they blow them out. So... As far as clutch goes, yeah, does he have some moments at the end of games, individual games? Yeah, but at the end of last season, 
when they needed him to put, sort of put the – they don't even need him to put the team on his back. Like, they just needed him to play well enough. And he didn't do it. He hasn't come up big in the playoffs either. His only playoff win is against that that joke of a, a that, that Seahawks game in 2000-whatever-it-was, uh, 2019 playoffs, I guess, where like the, the Seahawks were refusing to win because they had Russell Wilson. And every time he passed the ball, <laughs> something good happened. And then yet they <laughs> right. would insist on like running – the, the ball into like a brick wall <laughs> yeah. just to and then get themselves into like third and 12 each time and then Russell Wilson like would have to try to bail them out like that's Dak's one playoff win is where like I would not say he outplayed Russell Wilson in that game it's just like the Seahawks didn't let out Russell Wilson outplay Dak so yeah I'm I'm just I'm not the biggest Dak guy I think the Cowboys are in a really bad spot with him honestly because they should just have paid him by now and they didn't and again I think there's a reason for that because they, they're, they're hesitant to do it because they know it's not a slam dunk decision. But they kind of have to because uh, like what else are they going to – what's the alternative? But Dak, Do you think they sign them before the deadline? So the deadline is uh, July, July 15th. I mean the, the only thing that I think is working in their favor here and they might get bailed out is because of the whole coronavirus and the uncertainty of that maybe. But like if Dak is smart, he has no reason to sign this deal. He should exactly. wait as long as he can. He should try to get franchise tagged every year. Basically, unless they're giving him, you know, like, like literally top one money, like just literally make him D like above what Mahomes would get even like they they are in a terrible position. I feel like with Dak, unless he folds, then they're in a good position. But like if Dak is smart and he uses his leverage and he has all of it, then he should use it against them and he should get his money. And I think that's a bad spot for them because I think they're paying top dollar elite money to a guy who is not that kind of quarterback. Yeah, and he's already shown. Well, I guess uh, he didn't really have a choice. He didn't really have a choice, I guess. But I mean, he went. He went last year uh, playing on his crappy, not only rookie deal, but fourth round, you know, fourth round pick rookie deal, which isn't a lot of money. He did get a like sort of a, a bonus bump for playing time, so he was making a little bit more than two million last year. But bet on himself again is the wrong way to put it. But he he survived a season, uh, a contract season in which he was able to stay healthy. And he was able to play reasonably well enough to kind of keep his status as a guy that, you know, should be thought of by most people as sort of a franchise quarterback. But like you mentioned, if you're Dallas, you know, you don't want to really like you don't want to pay a, a borderline top 10 quarterback. The You don't want to give that, you know, that kind of guy that the, basically what will be the, the highest NFL contract ever. For the time mm-hmm. being, and then that'll get eclipsed by you know the next quarterback down the line, the next quarterback down the line, and Mahomes is going to cash in huge. But uh, that's essentially what it's going to take this offseason if they are to get something done prior to June, uh, July fifteenth. Uh, one other quick thing, wanted to mention that you pointed out here: the Cowboys have had injury, excellent injury luck in recent years. They were fourth healthiest team in the league last year in terms of adjusted games loss via FootballOutsiders.com, and they've kind of ranked highly up there in general in recent years. Uh, spanning beyond last year and they still only went eight and eight as you pointed out so what's going to happen you know when they maybe maybe they kind of get some of the eagles bad injury luck at some point here um i think that's something to consider specifically even when it comes to Dak. like you know i think Dak is durable and he deserves credit for that but you know there could also be some bad luck there i mean carson wentz i feel like part of his injuries are in part just he's had some bad luck like what if Dak prescott has some of that bad luck all of a sudden at some point zeke has got to take some kind of shot too that knocks him out with all the with all the with all the touches that he gets, yes, I mean, at some at some point, just the, yeah. the 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 odds are against him. And I just feel like I feel like that's an underrated thing too. To me, is always how much like how much Zeke's presence here has just helped Dak. 
Like it's just it's yes. a huge burden off his shoulders because you <laughs> yes. have, like, it's elite running back. You hand the ball to you know you're like Zeke is he's great. He's awesome. Like he's a talent. You're also getting eight guys in the box against him too. You are, and like he's a guy who like never gets I feel like stopped for a loss. Kind of like Jordan Howard last year. You know, like he's always mm-hmm. gonna fall forward. He's always gonna get some kind of positive game. Like he's he's a beast. He's a total beast in that regard. Yeah, and, you're not facing a lot of second and twelves when you have Zeke. Yeah, and he, he's not the same kind of explosive player that you mentioned still, but like he's a tough runner. He's a guy you can kind of like count on to just be there um, and like and take a big workload. And I, I just don't think, again, going back to the Dak Wentz comparison, like Wentz has had that guy. Maybe he kind of will have more of that guy with Miles Sanders being a weapon, but like he clearly has just not had that back that he can rely on who like takes the pressure off of him and puts like the Eagles offense into favorable you know, third down situations and kind of like makes it so that Dak can be a game manager. And, you know, like, you know, you know what he did kind of had that. He kind of had that in 2017 when he was awesome. I mean, it wasn't the one guy. It was it was it was the committee approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but the committee was awesome. Yeah. But then, yeah, then you look at 2018, they literally had like the league's worst running backs. <laughs> right, so, you know, right, going back right. to the worst wide receiver things like <laughs> the Eagles have done yeah. a poor job of, you know, they comparatively, like, the Eagles have done a much worse job of surrounding Carson Wentz with like the right talent to help him out. I, and I think Cowboys have done a great job of that. Like, yes. <laughs> so it's just totally not even the same. Uh, any final thoughts, I guess, on the Cowboys? Um, uh, they, I think that what they did was sort of a smart thing in that they, uh, Kellen Moore will continue to call the plays. Mm-hmm. So they're not, especially with, I mean, they didn't know this when they made that decision, but but especially with, you know, the offseason being totally affected by COVID, it's good that they don't have to, you know, kind of learn an, an entirely new offense. At least that'll, that'll remain the same. So I think they're they're okay there. McCarthy had a lot of weird stuff going on. Like, did you, did you ever read that full Bleacher Report piece on him by Tyler no, Dunn? I saw the highlights, yeah. It's it's worth it. I, I, would, I would give that a look at some point when you're, when you're on vacation or bored or whatever, it's mm-hmm. it's it's worth a look in my opinion. And then uh, you mentioned Dak isn't you know still isn't signed. They lost a lot of guys. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's about it. I I would say about the cat. Who, who do you have winning? Who do you have winning the division? So I think it's a two team race. Clearly, I mean that goes without <laughs> <Yes>. saying. But <laughs> just to put that out there, and uh, I think the Eagles and the Cowboys are in the same boat in that they're both good teams, but they're not great teams. Like, I don't think they – I think they have a chance. Each of them have a chance to be in the NFC's elite, but they shouldn't be considered that way going into the season. Like, they, they haven't deserved that kind of benefit of the doubt to this point. I think they have that upward mobility, and I both think they're going to be at least decent too. I think they have high floors, but I, I do wonder about their ceilings. I think there are issues, and, and obviously we'll get into the Eagles version of their concerns later. The different next podcast coming up soon in the future, um, but yeah, I I think it's a toss up right now. I, I I'm going to take the Cowboys just because, um, you know, it's been a a division where there hasn't been a repeat winner, as you pointed out here in two. Yeah, I was just going to ask you how much stock do you put into that? I think it, I think it's relevant. I think the division just fluctuates. I think it's always close to, and I just think that. I like the Cowboys offense as a whole still, just especially, you know, they added CD lamb. You look at that receiver talent that they have. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be really, really close once again, but I, I'm going to give the edge to them. But like you could ask me tomorrow and I would say the Eagles. It's it's really close. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it's uh it works against the Eagles that, that week 16 game this year. It's in Dallas. Although they always do better in Dallas. Do they though? Historically, when you look at it over the sample size, yeah, they do. But do you buy, do you think that like where would you rather have that game if you're the Eagles at home in theory yeah <laughs> in theory no you, you want to have that at home hmm. <laughs> so I think that's uh, 
I'll, I'll, I'll go Eagles though. I think the I think okay. the Eagles are I think the Eagles have a better roster. I just do. Any I think final? Dallas, I think you know we didn't we didn't really talk much about it, but I I think that Dallas defense is uh, is not great. So we're going to be doing another episode that's just dedicated to the Eagles with their dumpster fire concerns here on BTN Radio. So make sure you subscribe so you get that one coming up in the near future when Jimmy and I record that at a totally separate time and not right after this one, if you're (laughs) listening. Do you have any other quick final thoughts before we get out of here, Jimmy? I do not, no. Okay, so thank you for listening to this episode of BTN Radio presented by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Don't forget to use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off. Uh, and we will talk to you next time here on BGN Radio. Goodbye, everybody. BGN.